welcome to the Coolant Pod, a podcast for all things MRC events and news. Tonight we're going to talk about how each and every one of you can simulate conquering places in the real world for fake internet points. The Nashville airport? Maybe you think it would look better in jade green. Or maybe you want to set up your Canopian Pleasure Circus at Minute Maid Park. Though I think you'd probably get more business if Deshaun Watson was still down there. And that Timmy's over there? Well, the Mercs left a mess in the parking lot for the janitorial staff to clean up, but the coffee is still piping hot. We're also going to talk about just what the MRC actually is, the core rule set, events, how to participate, all of that. And since none of us in the MRC can actually read anything, we figured the best way to get this information to you is to clearly articulate it in long audio form at a fourth grade reading comprehension level. It's getting colder out there, so pull up a chair near the reactor vent for warmth. Don't worry, I'm sure the techs recertified the engine's radiation shielding sometime in the last year or two. And tonight the hosts are myself, Jeff, callsign Twister. Tom, callsign Pirate. And with the uh, topic of tonight, we brought in some special guests to casually answer all the mysteries of the MRC and share why Command makes all the boneheaded, I mean glorious, glorious decisions that they do make. So please welcome our fearless leaders, Desert Dream, Lord Carbon, and Warning. Let's go ahead and have Desert Dream introduce yourself. So Sam, who are you? How did you get into Battletech? And what's your favorite faction or mech? Well, thank you very much for having me. So I'm Sam on the actual MRC Discord. And I got into Battletech way back in the 90s. I wasn't one of the original original, but I was like wave two. And for me, my entry was the novels. Um, I picked up a couple books and it was uh, Love at First Read. I played a little bit of actual tabletop when I was in high school and then didn't roll another die until still running. But thankfully I found the MRC and Megamech recently past year and a half, I guess it is, and have been getting in a lot of games um, I also play some MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, played the HBS Battletech, and play a little MechHQ on my own. For me, I've always been a Federated Sons fan, you know, coming through with the Blood of Krinsky trilogy. They were the golden boys of the books, and I definitely uh, enjoyed me some Victor Steiner Davian. And I've never had a specific favorite mech. I know that's like the number one thing you get asked, you know, like you want to join a Facebook group or a Discord server and you have to prove your worth by being able to actually name a mech and it'll just be whatever was the most recent mech I was using. Uh, right now, I have really fallen in love with the uh, Kentaro thanks to uh, those SRMs and playing it in MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. I'm going to plus one the Kataro because that's one of the first mechs I printed with my new printer, and oh my gosh, I love it. Hey, that looks good. <laughs> All right, Carbon, over to you. Who are you? No. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Lord Carbon. Uh, I am your favorite, everyone's favorite Capellan player. I'm also technically Hell's Horses now, too, because you know. Got that bond cord off, baby. Yeah. So uh, my introduction to Battletech 
was Neck Warrior Games. My favorite battle tech game is Mech Commander. I spent way too many hours playing that. Tabletop, I'm still kind of, I would say, a newbie. I mean, I've been playing for like 20 years or anything like that. Um, got back into it around the time the first Kickstarter uh, finished. Uh, you can blame Morning for that. Um, it's all his fault. I was uh, big into 40K at the time. I had just gotten tabletop wargaming in general around that time for 8th edition. So I'm still a newbie tabletop-wise. And then wasn't paying attention to anything Battletech-related many-wise at all. Uh, until warning was like, hey, there's this Kickstarter for Battletech. We should get it. And we should play. And I was like, sold. And I haven't looked back. So what's your favorite mech? Okay. You just can't. I don't know. I can't pick one. But if I had to pick one, I'll give you two guesses. And the first one doesn't count. I mean, does does one of them have an AC-20 on it? <laughs> sometimes a little bit of a kind of weird thing on its back yeah i mean it can yeah 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 it's the hunchback i mean i'm a big fan of hunchbacks it's probably my favorite medium it's well known and documented we have Um, yeah uh but on discord you'll probably if you actually look at my little icon on discord which most of you probably know me from it's a spider because i have a session i also am a leader in the cult of the spider uh, if you go heavy, heavy is really harder. Um, I have a lot of favorite heavies. I always, I always default to a quick draw because if I was an actual mech warrior, that's what would be my ride. Because I like quick draws. And then assault, I'm a cyclops kind of guy. So I figured being the Capellan, you'd be a vindicator. I, okay. I mean, if you've been on the Discord for some time too, you've probably well heard about my collection of beginner boxes. I have. Many, 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 many Vindicators. But the Hunchback always stood out to me um, because when we started playing again, me and Warning, uh, I brought a Hunchback because, you know, it's a Hunchback, okay. But playing Classic and learning the rules again and getting back into everything, it was always an MVP for me. I mean, I had a one game me and Warning played. Uh, I had a Hunchback basically charge down a Timberwolf and survive. I mean, things like that. So it's just cemented itself as as my kind of mech i love the vindicator though all right well here's where we're going to cut you off so we can uh, go over to warning so warning please uh, introduce yourself tell us who you are how you got into BattleTech, and and your favorite faction or mech and hopefully you can talk as long as carbon did for those that don't know my name is warning um i am kind of the uh i guess the mrc was was my brainchild i guess many many years ago um, so most of the terrible command decisions, although Carbon usually takes the blame, usually come from me. Um, I'm, I'm pulling the strings in the background. I don't, I don't talk a whole lot, but I do read everything on the Discord. Oh so, God, that's scary. Omnipresent. So I am, I am lurking. I'm member of command. Uh, the whole combat scoring system. Um, was originally done up by me, but Sam has, or Desert Dream has really uh, taken a run with that, and he's doing great. And see, how did I get Matt Tech? Uh, I did MechWarrior games back when I was younger, MechWarrior 2, Mech Commander, all those games growing up. I, I'd always seen the tabletop from a distance, but never really started playing it until the 
the clan invasion Kickstarter. That's really where I started doing the um, actual tabletop play. So, and uh, what was the last question? Oh, my favorite mech. Is that it? Well, I, I believe you're a ghost bear for everything that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. It's ever since I really started playing tabletop, I've I've been hardcore clan, specifically ghost bear and and Razzle hag. And I don't know if you guys can see my camera. I got this cool little banner behind me. It's pretty I was sweet. Say, there's a there's very little square inch of your webcam that isn't BattleTech. I know we're only doing audio for the podcast, but there's a lot of BattleTech on that screen. Oh yeah, most of the shelves behind me is BattleTech. Usually, there's there's a whole pile of gray miniatures back there because I'm not huge into painting. That's not my thing. Uh, I'm I'm of the uh, you know the yellow clan, so I use paint pens instead of actual painting. But uh, yeah, so my favorite mech. Uh, of course, it's usually, it, I usually almost always run a Kodiak in all my list, but I've really, the mech that has kind of replaced that here recently has been the Grizzly, and that's in all the areas that it's in. So Grizzly 1, 2, and 3. So what I'm hearing is if you come to NashCon next year and you really want to get that leg up on the painting competition, you enter as Ghost Bears. Uh, I'm not saying I'm biased, but I'm probably biased. So. I'll say you're biased. <laughs> that's okay i'm just more proud that uh you're a grizzly lover because that thing is so freaking ugly in mech warrior 2 but i love it and i love the less you know known mechs so i'm so happy to hear somebody not say oh this iconic thing that's on all the posters that's just awesome yeah i mean you have to love the kodiak everyone loves the kodiak it's big it's mean but i think really grown to love the grizzly it's just like I said, no one knows it. So you put it on the table and people are like, what is that? And then it punches a hole into you and it's like, here you go. Now you know what it is. I think people will start to see it a lot more once the Kickstarter hits because it's one of the force packs. Yeah, I think I got three of those force packs coming just because it had a grizzly in it. Only three? Oh, only three. Only three. I, had, I figured three was probably enough to run anytime I wanted to run it, so... Well, the Kickstarter stuff's going to be fun, but I somehow spent almost 100 bucks and didn't even get minis. So, um, you know, I'm going to be excited when everybody starts throwing that down on the table soon. All right, well, let's dive into some of the questions here. So the first thing that uh, we always get asked, and we actually were asked earlier tonight just in a, a random Hangout channel, what the hell does MRC stand for? So MRC stands is short for Mech Commander Review Circuit, and it is a multifaceted approach to creating a standard format through match play, ranked play, and tournaments. And you can find this on our handy-dandy FAQ page, right where Carbon wrote it. And I just you read it You have been waiting for months to say that to someone in person, have you not? I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that. Well, we got to have a definition somewhere. As the one member of command who didn't actually come up with the MRC, the way that I describe it to other people is it's really a place to just get together and get games in. Now, we have a focus on match play, ranked play, and tournaments, but there's all sorts of games always happening on our servers and also in person. So we have a lot of different communities. You know, we've got uh, some great 
Canadians with us up in Calgary. We've got people out in New York rolling dice. We've got the heart of the MRC, which is down in Tennessee. And we've got people all across the world in Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Europe. And it's just, it's a great community of people who want to play Battletech. And we do have the specific focus on match play, but there's plenty of people who are always talking about campaigns on our channel. There's always talk about all the video games, whether it's MechWarrior 5 or HBS or all the old school that they just talked about, Mech Commander, Mech Assault, MechWarrior 2. The origin of MRC, it does stand for uh, what Sam said, the Mech Commander Review Circuit. But the origin of it and the whole premise behind the combat score and all that was to kind of mirror the in-universe MRBC where mercenaries are graded upon contracts and stuff like that. So the whole combat score and all that comes from in-universe idea. So that's why we use black and orange as our color scheme. That's why our naming scheme is very similar. It's uh, legally, ambiguously not the same. That That was the inspiration behind it and behind having a combat score that gives a rough estimation on a player's skill. Uh, it was all from the in-universe MRBC where they kind of rate mercenary companies based upon contract completions and all that. So, so we'll get into you know standings and ranks here in a little bit, but if you see someone that has a really high score, you should kind of understand that they've got a lot of games under their belt. They're widely regarded as some of the better players that are out there and people that you can learn from. Is that right? That is correct. That's the whole idea. We'll get into how you get those points here in just a minute, but what are the core MRC rules? Uh, illiteracy is one of the top traits. Whether it's reading a packet or just straight up communication. So uh, casual vibe here for all of the things we're about to say. Wait, you read a packet? What? Hey, we're really good at filling out bubbles on forms and reading how much damage certain things do or very obscure rules about mobile HPG generators. But for some reason, we can't figure out, you know, what the objectives are in the game we're actually playing. MRC has two sets of rules. We call them core rules. You can find them on our Discord. I believe they're also on the website or a link to them is on the website. Uh, each core rule is for the two different games that more or less make up Battletech. That is classic Battletech, or what everyone knows as Battletech, the hex-based game. And then you have Alpha Strike for, you know, that's more of your modern war game. You know, it's what people kind of call it, general term. For those who don't know, I'm assuming if you know, you're listening, you know, but just in case. Uh, each of them has core rules. These core rules basically is the foundation. Uh, the idea behind it is that um, we sat down and we tried to go through all the different types of different ways people played, what the actual rule books offer, and we try to make a foundation so that people, when they buy their box and get done with their intro tech games from a game of Armor Combat, and they're buying their Battle Mech Manual or Total Warfare or Alpha Strike Commander Edition. 
they have an idea of what they should do next next step uh the core rules uh it's a set of things that that make our standing system work on top of that and also rules that we feel make for a fun game uh it doesn't use everything it's kind of pared down because again we are a match play kind of focus community and format um, so we're all about pickup games. So the idea of the core rules is you can read them once you learn how to read. And then you can basically walk into a store and in theory go, hey, I have a five, you know, I have a 9K, you know, ill clan list, MRC rules. And every, anyone who does MRC can go, oh, yeah, I have a list. You guys are sitting down, you're rolling dice within 10, 15 minutes. Instead of you know spending two hours trying to pick out mechs and then figure out BV or however you want to balance it, and then what kind of rules you want to use, it's basically a foundation so that various com communities of BattleTech can come together and have a standard way of playing and interacting, and then from there go on and explore all that BattleTech offers. Is the core of what we're talking about here a standardized format that we're like? looking at across the entire Battletech world? Uh, format's a strong word nowadays. One point, we would, I would use format very heavily. I wouldn't use format very, very heavily anymore because core rules are designed to encompass many types of formats. Uh, for example, our Mega Mech community has their own format that builds upon the core rules, but is tailored to their kind of gameplay that you can do in Mega Mech and what the game they want to experience via the Mega Mech community can offer versus tabletop. I mean, like things, for example, they do like double blind and some other stuff that just you could do in person. But I mean, the idea is to do quick games quickly and have get multiple in in a day. So like double blind kind of is redundant, but in Mega Mech, it doesn't care. So they've added that. A framework is a good way to put it. I would put it. It's a framework that you can use to for your games and your gaming group to figure out if you like playing like this or if you want to add something or remove something. And if you do like playing like how we like to play, makes the standing system work. And it's a framework you can plug into, you know, either Classic or Alpha Strike, in person or Mega Mech, uh, regardless of where you like to play. It's something that you can add on that now you are in common with a lot of the other people in the MRC. Correct. And it's neat because it's a foundation or a framework, which means you can build upon it. A great example is we have like the NFL uh, format, which adds more to it, but it's still the core rules don't change. So it's still a, a familiar zone. People can come back to get games in, roll dice, play with their minis, uh, enjoy mechs exploding. And then when they're ready, go back and dip their toes in various other things. All right. Well, I'm ready to, to listen to Sam wax poetic about spreadsheets and data and the analysis and not everything that goes into that. I always appreciate the opportunity to preach the good word of Excel and the MRC scoring system. So just to kind of piggyback a little bit on what Carbon was just saying, we have the core rules, and one of them is specifically that as you're setting up the match, it is meant to be a balanced match. And so we have a couple ways that we drive at that balance. One is that we request that you match errors. So 
If you want to play 3025 intro tech, make sure that your opponent is also rolling 3025 intro tech. If you want to run Eel Clan and play with all the fun toys, then make sure your opponent is also running Eel Clan. Now, the nice thing is, is you can be like Pirate and you can run a Pirate Eel Clan list that is made up of nothing but 3025 intro tech mechs. You just have to use the master unit list, the MUL, to find those mechs. And so again, that's another part of our balance is we use the master unit list to make sure that you use the faction limit. Shout out to Kestrel and the MUL team. Links to the MUL will be in the show notes. It adds a little bit of color, a little bit of flavor. And so once you've got you and your opponent lined up and you're ready to roll dice, the number one thing for me as the person who does the score is, if, especially if you're doing Mega Mech, if you can take a copy of the lobby with all the units and paste it right into my handy dandy score sheet. And anybody who listens to this can just ping me in the Discord and I'll send you the link to the score sheet. And that, if you set it up ahead of time, makes it so much easier when the match ends. Because the way that we do our scoring is it's based on units destroyed and units crippled. So regardless of what error you're playing, whether you're playing a 6,000 3025 or a 10,000 BV. Again, we use BV2. A 10,000 BV Eel Clan match. It's going to be what units are left at the end that's going to determine the score. And it's a essentially zero sum. So if I'm playing Pirate and he destroys one of my mechs, he's going to get a certain amount of points for that destruction based on the BV that that unit was at the start of the game. And I'm going to essentially lose half those points as well. So not only are you doing your best to kill your opponent, as well as win the objective, but you're also doing your best to preserve your own units because losing your unit is half as bad as destroying an opponent's unit is good. Uh, once you've gotten done with the combat part, there's also the objective. And we really like to push objective missions. Now that especially gets difficult in Mega Mech, where it just doesn't have the same ability to really structure uh, missions. I remember listening through the Nashcon recap, and what Warning did with these creative missions is just awesome. And I would have loved the opportunity to play those. But you can't do those kinds of things in Megamech, you can't suddenly shift the weather a couple turns in like you can on the tabletop. But we do have a couple missions that we run and we have them listed out in our core rules. We also then have some very creative people out there who are organizing tournaments and coming up with even more missions. Uh, so like a King of the Hill or uh, Get to the Choppers. And so however the objective is laid out, I just need for scoring purposes to know, did you win the objective? Did you lose the objective? Was there an objective tie? Like maybe you're playing crush the head and both of you shot the opposing commanders. And so that'll account for 50% of the score. So 50% of the score comes from combat and 50% of the score comes from objective. So winning the objective is very important. And then we just bring that all together and that gives us a total score. And one thing we do, especially where the rankings are very important is we have a, a rank bonus because anybody starting in new 
we want to get you playing games and not worry about, hey, I'm going to lose all my fake internet points because I'm not that good and I'll just get beat upon all these experts. So as you come in, you start off with a nice little militia ranking. It gives you a lot of extra points, means basically no matter what, even if you get tabled and lose the objective, you're still going to get a couple rank points and eventually start coming up to those higher levels. Then, of course, we start lowering that rank bonus to make it more and more difficult to keep climbing the ranks. Well, I appreciate that breakdown of the score and the objectives because realistically, uh, it can get complicated very fast, but I'm pretty sure the objective is, like you said, does are worth 50%. So we're really pushing play the objective most of the times. Otherwise, it's, you know, hey, there's some sort of objective over there, but the goal is just table each other every turn. I really enjoy that the way the combat ranking works, it really pushes objective play, not just murder each other every single time. And the one thing I would add is when you're all done with the match, the things that matter is what units were destroyed. And again, it's not how many units, but specifically what units, because the score is based off the BV. So if you bring an awesome and a stinger, one of those getting destroyed is worth a different number of points than the other. And then also what units were crippled. Uh, we do use force withdrawal in rank play. And then within our tournament organizers, we have different variations of how force withdrawal gets utilized. I know Vapor has been doing a great job with the NFL where force withdrawal just means that your unit can no longer score an objective. So like on a king of the hill, if you have a crippled unit, it's not going to count towards getting those king of the hill points. But for combat purposes, I need to know, was it destroyed or was it crippled? Because crippled units count for 50% of the BV versus a destroyed unit. Because I'm listening to this and learning things myself. I've been playing in the MRC for nine months now. I never knew that uh, losing mechs actually was a negative to you. You know, somebody should make a video about the MRC scoring system and then they can post it into the Blockbuster channel. But who would do such a thing? Sarcasm. What is that? Listen, there's a reason I'm not a comedian. And I'm definitely not quitting my day job. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. No, we need you to spreadsheet for us. Okay, so got all these matches that are coming in uh, i'm sure there's a lot of overhead and a lot of work and in going into the standings and the ranks so how often does that get updated and does it really mean anything aside from you know saying haha i'm i'm now a veteran or i'm now elite so the goal as the person doing it is that it gets updated once a month and the overall command goal is that we can move to a more automated system. But given my coding ability is basically two plus two usually equals four, but not sure I can write the code to do that. We're still not there yet, but we're gonna, our end goal is you would just plug right in and you would get your score right back. Right now, what we have is you submit your score to me um, there's a specific website where that happens. Again, we've got the links all on the Discord. So the score gets submitted into a database. I pull the database. Usually I do it once a month. 
uh, people who are following closely, <coughs> Cardinal, <coughs> may notice that I did not update for October yet, and that was just, you know, life gets in the way, and that's a good thing. I'm doing other stuff right at the moment, so though October and November will get all rolled in together, and so there'll be a new update somewhere around the first week in December. And again, part of where that matters is as you progress up the rank, you're going to get less and less of a rank bonus. So that means you're going to get less and less points each time. It gets real hard. And then you get up to Pirates level, and we actually put a negative bonus. So not only do you have to win, but you have to win big to get extra points and move up even higher. And why does it matter? Well, we're competitive people by nature. Even when we're having fun, I mean, Pirate and I went back and forth at each other like 10 times over two months. And each time that's just building up uh, both our experience and our score along the way. But also there's a little bit of, you know, hey, I'd like to come out on top. Now it's that kind of good competition where you see like top athletes, you know, think bird and magic where you know, Larry Bird has taken 900 shots in practice because he's pretty sure that Magic's taken 800. Meanwhile, Magic's like, man, I bet Bird's taken 900. I need to take 1,000 shots. And they just keep elevating each of their own games, and then it pulls the whole NBA up. So that's our thing is, you know, there's a, there's a scoring sheet. There's a way for you to track how you're doing, and it hopefully motivates you to play more games to work on, okay, why do I keep losing? What is it? Is it my list? Hey, let me post my list out on the list building channel and get other people to kind of give you feedback. Hey, you know, have you heard of the Dasher H? You may want to try that one out. It may help you. Or, hey, you know, there are these things called elementals. And for a much smaller amount of BV, they pack a lot of punch and they give you a nice little added. So instead of you know, coming up short and just bumping your pilot skill, maybe add an additional unit like an elemental or a protomech or five protomechs as maybe. And so as you're going along, okay, wait, now let me try out this. Does that work? You know, you keep getting more games in, you keep getting more points. And the nice thing is, is it's not just our combat ranking, but we also have our faction points. So for games played and things like writing a after action reports, we give you some kind of color points. And that gives, you know, uh, somebody like a Capellan the chance to be a force leader or somebody like a Ghost Bear the opportunity to call themselves a star commander. So I'm going to have to go back and edit part of this because, you know, highlighting the dasher h i really don't want any more of those little buggers running around i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) those are training wheels you get the dasher h and then you realize backstabbing's fun i'm gonna go get something even nastier like a new zeal i mean at least go with the p come on a little bit of a change of pace uh, then you go with this. Well, once you play a Dasher Age, everything else is like, well, how does this compare to this super highly efficient, you know, cruise missile? And then you're just counting up the mechs going, oh, this Phantom, this Koshi, you know, it's um, Dasher Age is definitely a watershed, but that's part of the good thing about us bashing each other all the time in the Discord is, like Desert said, 
we're all learning stuff all the time and i can say the skill level in there even though we had some really awesome people like db and just to begin with but the skill level in that discord has grown exponentially the more people are just smashing lists together and going wow this thing's amazing this tactic is cool every time someone joins we learn something new like uh you know dead seeking missiles or you know things like that uh really enjoy seeing new people join in to bring that extra oomph that none of us have had until we smash this but i think it's uh since having been here since the beginning seeing the evolution of uh all these people come in and they bring these metas that were strong in their home local or wherever they wherever they play wherever in the world right and then it gets put uh, kind of in the ringer where people are now playing these tactics you know every day there's people playing games you know i think that as a community we get more games in than any other community out there um so these these meta ideas where the dasher h is oh this is a extremely meta mech we're we're gonna throw it in every list and for us it's kind of like a flash in the a flash in the pan okay it's something new and then within the month everyone's like okay well this is how we counter that right so you no longer have this this mech that was like oh this mech's op you know if, if you bring it it's auto win well in that home local it may have been that way but then you start playing uh you know in our community and people figure out the tricks real fast and how to counter it and then how to incorporate those into a more balanced list since we do do objectives and we have so many people coming in i think we you know everyone especially our higher ranked players um are really good at building just extremely balanced like all come all takers kind of list my favorite thing to jump on that is when somebody new comes in and they got this awesome list in their local meta like you just mentioned and it's almost always succession 30 25 gun line stand on a hill in woods hey i can shoot everybody from this hill and i auto win and then the people that have been playing mrc have seen that know how to counter it like you said and all of a sudden we start moving things into their rear arcs just bolting jenners and cicadas at them uh that's trash they'll never do anything why am i suffering ammo explosions mm -hmm. Uh, so I know uh, several people think that because we only do the updates monthly, that your um, level, combat level, or classification level only gets updated monthly. But internally, in command, that's actually updated in real time. So if you play over 20 games in a month, and you are flying up through those classifications, as you reach the next level, even though we haven't done a monthly update, you are only getting the bonus from from that level. So it's 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 updated in real time in command. We just we usually don't type it out and post it, but once a month. So pirate, you feeling a little bit targeted here? I mean, yeah, maybe maybe I did the math and went well. If I win thirty one games in a month with blowouts, I can go from zero to hero like Hercules, but. But I will say the most important one for me, though, is the faction points, because even though, you know, having already gotten to the top on combat score, 
you don't want to just play ultra hardcore club baby seals all day that doesn't get fun what is fun is just joining in the community with the faction points and i say that unironically so command how do i get more faction points uh well, the easiest way to get more faction points is to just do stuff play games uh paint max do after action reports take pictures uh, we're trying to work internally on a better system of reflecting when someone gets at faction points, because right now it kind of just happens in the background. And also having a better way to update when people get those faction points. Um, so you, as a player, know, oh, well, I've, I'm only 10 more points and I'll get my rank up. Because uh, it it's very much more of a much lower grind than the combat score combat score you can come in do well in some tournaments and really shoot up a uh, faction rank it's very much a you need to be active in the community for years to really start seeing you know where you hit level two or even level three and we go all the way up to level eight with that and potentially level nine uh, if the community gets big enough and we get lots of interaction the system is set up to allow the different factions to choose their leader and they get that elusive level nine you know for a clan so you would be that the con of a clan or uh the, i'd have to look up all the other ones for the inner sphere because you guys got for all of your own special ones i know for pirates it's the uh the pirate king i mean that's what i'm working towards because i know i'm I'm a pirate soldier right now. I'm real close to a lieutenant, but damn it, I want to be the underboss because that just sounds badass. Let's back up here a little bit because we're talking about going up faction ranks and everything. How does how does someone coming into the MRC get started in this? Like, is this a a, a subgroup of the MRC where where factions kind of align together? Is this just more of a social fun thing? And how uh, do I choose which faction I'm part of? So when, when you originally sign up uh, with the MRC, which you have to do for combat score or for anything, is that allows us to have your information to attach all the data to, you're going to choose a faction. Okay, now that does not mean you have to play that flash that faction exclusively. You can, you can play any faction you want. But that is a faction that you will start getting these faction ranks for. And so you can pick your favorite, or whatever your flavor of the month is. Um, the only downside is that if you want to change factions, you're free to do that, but you will lose all your faction points and start over uh, effectively at zero to start earning again. So you're saying I can sign up as pirates, but go, you know what? I feel like a clan Snow Raven today. I'm just going to go take a bunch of Streak Sixes and go marauding people in the Ill Clan era. I don't actually have to play pirates ever. That's right. You you could sign up as, uh, say, Ghost Bears and never play the Ghost Bears. Uh, actually, it'd make a maker on the table or wherever. You could be whatever faction you want for whatever era, but that is the where you get your ranks in. And the, the ranks themselves are more just for a kind of community-type feel, bragging rights. There is no... There's nothing special to it unless your group has something special for it. Yeah, that's the thing that I would add is when you're coming into 
the MRC, usually the first entry point is you just join the Discord server. And so joining the server there, you know, that's just like joining any other Discord server. You just pop on there. That's kind of step zero. And then step one is actually signing up for the MRC. And so one of the key channels is a registration link. It just takes you right out to a little data form. We ask you a couple of key questions, basically so that I can know when you're playing games, who to put those points to. And so once you're signed up, you're ready to go play ranked games. Uh, the key thing I always like to put out there is if you're getting ready to do a ranked game and you're already, you know, loaded up my spreadsheet, you've got your list put in there and you're ready to start tracking and get those points, take a moment to make sure your opponent has also registered for the MRC because a ranked game only counts when it's between two registered MRC players. So, you know, it takes less than five minutes and, you know, you can just do it real quick off the Discord and suddenly you're up there. Now, choosing faction... The only place it really comes into play is for territorial warfare. So I'm a ghost bear. If my territory gets attacked in the territorial warfare and I choose to participate, I have to play for ghost bear. I don't have to play a ghost bear list. I can run a pirate list. I can run a fed sons list. I can run a Comstar list. I have to choose to defend ghost bear territory. Similarly, if warning as a fellow ghost bear decides to declare a ghost bear territory warfare attack and I want to participate again, again, I have to side with the ghost bears. Now, the nice thing is there's only two factions that actually get involved in a territory warfare, whoever's attacking and whoever is defending. If your faction is neither of those, then you're a mercenary in the truest sense you can choose to side with whichever so let's say i start eyeing some jade falcon territory or worse jade falcon start eyeing some ghost bear territory pirate over there can decide you know what i really think that there's enough jade falcon green around this place and we don't need any more and so i'm going to side with ghost bears whereas tweezer if he's not a jade falcon or a ghost bear may decide, you know what? I truly like the humblest clan there is. The best, humblest. What does Saul Roth say? Humblest and uh, something else. Anyways, he <laughs> loses with crabs, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so anyways, Tweezer can decide, you know what? I, I'm going to join Joy Jade Falcon. And so then there's a 30-day period of territory warfare and you can play as many matches as you want you just have to stick with whatever faction you sided with for your first battle so if you're a freelancer like pirate and not involved and you decide the first battle that you're going to side with ghost bear you have to side with ghost bear for the rest of the month now maybe you only play one territory warfare match so that doesn't matter but maybe you go for that 31 matches in a row and so it does matter and so what we do is we take up all the matches that go for that territory warfare and we add up all the combat score that sided with Ghost Bear and that's all the Ghost Bear points that were and we take all the matches that had sided with Jade Falcon and we add up and whichever faction has the higher score wins that territory for that period. All right, I'm going to take a step back here 
once again because i think we've jumped you know head first into territory warfare but as a newer person this is one of the things that really confused me when i joined the mrc so let's let's go back to basics like what is this territory map what do these territories mean how how do you get them because this is where you kind of get into the the real world aspect of this um with where people are physically located yeah okay so territory warfare in a nutshell is our metagame all right um step zero you join discord step one uh you sign up step two you play mrc games whether that's a tournament or ranked games or whatever you know you play and play and play the next step of the evolution of the mrc journey is um is territory warfare and what that is is we wanted something that let your factions choice and faction ranks mean something when you sign up you pick a faction it could be your favorite faction because we believe that while you have a home faction you're not restricted to that faction when playing games because i want everyone i mean warning really we're adamant that everyone gets a play of all the toys i mean i like capellans a lot but you know I have clan mechs, so in theory, if I ever get bored and want to play clan mechs, I can play with them in the MRC, and it's still cool. I think I am the only player that I know of that has stuck with a single faction for every game. There's nothing wrong with that, but man, there's a whole buffet. You even I, I agree. I'm just saying it's sticking with a single faction is the anomaly. Everyone plays with all the toys, so you should too. So that's going to get into one of my other questions as far as is there a bonus for playing as the faction that you have selected in match play or tournaments or anything like that? Uh, there, There is no bonus. So we want to make sure that everyone had the opportunity to play with all their minis, whatever their favorite was. So we didn't want to incentivize too much of just sticking in one lane. But we did want to make sure that people didn't feel like they were railroaded in or, well, you know, well, they get a bonus because they're playing with their faction, but I don't want to play with my faction. So now I'm getting penalized for it, type feeling. So. And there's definitely style points for doing that. So if you're in something where it's like my pirates are attacking somebody, I do like playing as pirates, but sometimes I like playing as diamond sharks, and I'll just call them dark cast pirates, and we'll go from there. So, you know, it's fun to add a little bit of lore sprinkling in there. There's there's some unofficial style coolness, but I do enjoy that, you know, I can just go, I want to be Drax today. We're, we're doing Drax. Drax are cool. Yeah, I think I was going more towards maybe not in the the actual match play scores and the combat scores but in this this faction rank type thing it's like oh you are you've been a ghost bear consistently for the past three years every single time you play you're playing off of the ghost bear mole maybe that does something extra that's like you know what that that there's loyalty there there's loyalty points and dedication to it there's there's nothing codified or in writing that says that that wouldn't happen because uh, again uh, a lot of the faction points is um, us in command chat be like hey did you read this after action report oh did you see this paint job oh cool okay we're going to give them two points or five points or 
you know what, they put in a lot of effort for that, so they're going to get 20 points or things like that. So, um, which I realize doesn't seem super fair because uh, there is no like hard set. You get this many points um, for whatever action, but it's we're mostly looking for community engagement. And if you're a part of the community and actively participating and chatting and and being a member, then your faction points are going up. Welcome we, to the we MRC, listen. where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we do advertise fake internet points, and we aren't lying when we say they're literally fake internet points. We've seen Harry Potter. We, we know that uh, you killed a troll five points. You <laughs> turned in your homework 50 points to Gryffindor. You played Jade Falcon minus 10 points. <laughs> That's called a cheese score. Yeah. Back to territory warfare here. You know, what happens when you're actually going through the the mechanism of a battle? How is this map created? Obviously, there is there has to be a map somewhere. How does it get created? How do you become a part of it? And then more importantly, how do you start carving it up and making it your own? I want so, to take oh, over the world. So the the map is very abstract. Um, there is no hard map of the entire continent. I say that because we do have Canadians that are in faction or in territory warfare, right? Um, so what it is, is is if you want to join in territory warfare with your area, and this is real world areas, right? So we have Tennessee, specifically Middle Tennessee, divided up into regions. Uh, we give each region a name, like the uh, Northern Military District, I know is one because Ghost Bears currently own that one. Currently. Uh, yeah, emphasis on currently. Uh, we're typically looking for three to no more than seven uh, regions per, uh, I guess, district, if you want to call it that. So now, if you're wanting your real world area to be part of territory warfare in the middle of Minnesota, and you're like, I want the middle of Minnesota to to be in territory warfare. Well, you have to have yourself plus three others. So four total. Four total people from the middle of Minnesota. And the four of you will agree on how to carve up these uh, regions that you're fighting over. And then you will let command know. And then you guys will initially figure out who owns what. Right now, we kind of recommend doing what we call a territory rush, which is where you have like one game day, you know, in person or online or however you guys want to do it. But you play games against each other to figure out who owns what, which faction owns what. And once you've done that, then we will open it up to the water community to start declaring invasions and things like that. Real question here. How does one declare an invasion? How does one declare that they're going to battle for a territory? Okay. So, declaring is kind of easy. Basically because you have a faction. Um, only Your faction can only attack one territory. Um, the best way to declare it is probably the most kosher. I said a kosher thing you should do is on our Discord, we actually have faction chats that no one uses. 
for coordination. I put that in air quotes because, again, no one uses them. So if you're listening, you should use the faction chats um, to coordinate with your other fellow faction members about possible invasions. And then what someone does is they send off an email to, to command um, saying, hey, this faction is declaring an invasion at, for this territory. Command looks at it and goes, okay, and then that starts the whole process. All right, you hear that, Justy? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on this. And you said these take about a month at a time where these are open to to have games to count towards the score. Yeah. yeah. So each time someone declares an invasion, it'll get posted on the Discord, and from that moment on, for the next thirty days, or really until the ne that same day, the next month. It could be 31 days, depending on what month it is. So if you declare on the second, it'll go to the second of the next month. You, any game you play, even if those are a part of another event, as long as that event can be scored for MRC, which some of our events don't, but so just keep that in mind. But ranked games or any event that is combat scored, scored for MRC can go towards that territory warfare. You just have to... Um, in the rent game submission, there's a spot for you to, to say, hey, it'll ask, hey, is this for Territory Warfare? You just have to say, yes, so-and-so was the, you know, Weezer was the, um, is for Hell's Horses, Pirate was for Pirates, right? And then we can look and say, okay, well, Hell's Horses is attacking Pirates at this location, so we know to keep those scores for that, that invasion so it needs to be pre-arranged with your opponent when you're actually having the match uh, usually in and by pre-arranged usually it can just be like hey do you care if this counts for, for um territory warfare that's what I, i've seen most people kind of do you when you're doing these kind of pickup games hey i'm looking for a pickup game okay we got one hey do you care if this counts for territory warfare and most people will generally you know, if they're not already doing one, they'll take the first one someone gives them. But uh, it is fun to see people start ganging up like that whole anti-Ghost Bear alliance we had for a while. Who currently owns the most territories on the map? Jade Falcon. Uh, Jade Falcon. All right, Solroth, it sounds like people are coming for you. You better watch out. I believe Jade Falcon currently has the most um, players that are participating in combat score and stuff like that. So they've been attacked a few times now by different different groups. And so far, they've been able to hold everyone off. Well, we'll see if that changes after this episode drops, assuming more than three people listen to it. Well, if nothing else, it always stirs a small little, you know, hornet's nest on the Discord, so I'm I'm excited to go uh, turkey hunting just before uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I know Territory Warfare is kind of murky at best, um, but it is really exciting to see when Warning posts the announcement and drops it, how everyone starts, you know... The buzz is there. They may not know how it works or what's going on, but you can tell people are like, something's going on. 
because uh, usually one side is like, you know, spamming memes about going to war, you know, and the other side's, you know, we could come get us, you know, and the whole faction-esque, that's kind of makes one of the cool things about Battletech, you know, the factions fighting each other and the faction loyalty really comes out there for in the initial, uh, you know, volleys of the war per se. And so it's fun to watch people pick sides, watch people go, well, you know, hey, uh, I have no dog in the fight, but I'll, I'll be on your side for a Scooby snack or something, you know, and people, you know, wheeling and dealing. Um, so it's really cool to watch the, like I said, it's MRC's like meta kind of meta layer, you know, where we trying to get everyone in the community to interact. Some people like planting their flags over rural locations or just locations in general this is a this is a carrot to get them to interact that to get people no matter what faction you're on to play and interact and play more games it's, a, it's another tool to hopefully get people to interact with those outside of your local gaming store or the people you you just kind of stick with you know soul roth we all know is a jade falcon but you know we have a local Jade Falcon that usually pops up when Territory Warfare comes out because he's like, oh, I gotta defend. And then there's a, a few of them up there in Canada too that, you know, they don't talk a whole lot, but every time the uh, Territory Warfare comes up and they have to defend their territory, all of a sudden here they are talking, getting games in. And they're all, they're, all those guys will coordinate with each other with, okay, well, where are we putting our defenses at and things like that? Uh, one other question that was submitted to us that we were supposed to ask command. How do we report to command using the doll where the bad man vapor touched them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually have a special form. If you, if you'll just message command for it, um, it's, it's such a common occurrence that we've had to make a, uh, a Google form that we can just, you know, Keep a running track. It happens far too often. Where did the artillery, uh, you know, Arrow Four homing missile hit you? I'll add something onto to territory warfare real fast that I th I don't think a lot of people realize is that just because one territory warfare has already been declared does not mean that your faction cannot also declare one. Well, if you wait a week to declare it, maybe they won't know one has been declared when they submit it to you. Time to stock up on pitchforks. So, uh, if you again, if you can uh, coordinate with your, even with other factions, people outside your faction, you can try to spread defenders thin by multiple people attacking multiple of their territories at the same time. I think we've covered a lot of the the ground that we wanted to cover here. Pirate, what have we missed? What what else do we need to talk about here? So a lot of territory warfare I notice comes when people are doing events. So they'll be like, Well, this is Tuki and Heat, I wanna submit these games for this, or this is Nashcon, I wanna submit games for that. Um how do you, you start an event or if you had a really cool idea for something even local, just like I wanna go down to the game store and do an MRC uh, based events so we can get some of them juicy internet points. How would you do that? Uh, all you have to do is submit your event packet, right? which is going to be the 
the rules or the guidelines that you're going to be using for your event, whether that's more competitive tournament focused or even narrative focused. Uh, command will review it to make sure that it meets the core rules. And as long as it meets the core rules, then it can count for combat score. And I've seen some events are just one dayers at the local store. Some of them are like week long or month long events with Mega Mech. Um, so love seeing everybody throwing new events out there. And I've seen the organizers like quadruple just in the last six months. So excited to see more people take advantage of uh, bringing a cool idea to the table. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Speaking of our event organizers who are uh, an amazing group of individuals who have taken the burden of losing their sanity and learning that people can't read to run events. Um, it's gotten so it's gotten so cool that there's a I mean that people want to run different events that we have like a waiting list almost like we're scheduling things all far into 2024 slash season four already because everyone wants to try to run an event has a really cool idea and they are cool like it's cool that everyone's kind of brought a different flavor and different ideas and they're all different and i'm super excited to see um what you guys how you guys play and which how you guys do and how everything reacts but it, it's really really been really cool impressive for me to watch our uh our leadership pool expand immensely you uttered a word that had not yet been spoken on this podcast season what is that all about seasons um seasons is just a nice fancy way for us to sound gamery that everyone knows and loves if you play any kind of modern video game it's just a way for us to categorize a year uh season three is 2023 it ends in december 31st january 1st starts season four uh with seasons is uh we it's a time for command to do some inner reflection and dive into our feedback forum found on the Discord and look at everyone's suggestions of what we screwed up for the year and what we could do better and try to make MRC's core rules and everything we do more bestest. Currently, it's November. Uh, we're doing our season four, hopefully, feedback for Alpha Strike format. Uh, there's not a whole lot of changes from command on that already. You can look at that. We've announced it. Um, December, I'm sure, is going to be an utter smorgasbord because most of our players do play classic via Mega Mech about what they would like to see in Season 4 or don't want to see in Season 4. That will that conversation will start in, like, you know, 15 days um, as of time of recording. So... I'm looking forward to it and also not looking forward to it. So, but it's, it's a fun time. I enjoy, like, I really enjoy the feedback because what makes this work is people, everyone. I mean, yeah, we talked about EOs and leadership, talked about command, but really MRC doesn't exist without everyone interacting and playing. Whether that's you play once, once every blue moon or you're playing as many games as you can sh and shove into your schedule, it doesn't work unless everyone is involved. And this time of the year is exciting because that means everyone's opinion can be really brought to the forefront. Command reads everything. Uh, even though we don't respond, we read everything. 
Um, there's a lot of internal discussion, and then we try to update rules yearly. Uh, we do do a mid-season update for like maybe some minor things that need to be adjusted. We're trying that out, you know, try to be a little more, you know, I guess what people think of as big patch notes and stuff like that. Um, but that's what a season is. A season is just a yearly quarter, you know, season four will be 2024. Season five will be 2025, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You got to give us a few teasers. What's command considering for season four? Uh, the big change, which you'll notice in the alpha strike, if you're paying attention, is uh, we're going to allow ranked games for aerospace, but only if arrows, only arrow versus arrow. Um, we have a lot of, we have a big chunk of our me, uh, mega community who want to use aerospace and we feel this is the best way they can people can learn and, and experiment with aerospace but still create parity and not create a slip and slide of arrow versus ground that we feel is the reason arrow has not been added till this point besides that we there's really not a ton of uh change to the core rules that that we're looking at right now um everyone seems for the most part, I, I hate to say, it, but like, happy, or maybe they're just they're just tolerant. content. Yeah, content. tolerant of what we have in the core rules. So uh, we're not looking at any big sweeping changes. Once again, we'll see how that changes after people listen to this. <laughs> I mean, feedback. I I love it. I mean, I want more. I mean, like I said, we read everything. We may not agree with everything. But I like to hear people's thoughts because you may think of something that you didn't think of and vice versa. Um, so but we have a whole forum where you can post your thoughts and feelings and everything. And it's there so it never gets lost. Um, so I wish people, again, would use that and the faction chats. Cough, cough, wink, wink. Well, this has been a great overview of the MRC and what it is, what it does, what it means, even for someone who has been part of it. And I know most of our audience is probably also part of the MRC right now, but hopefully this can get out to a wider audience that can get exposed to what the MRC is for the first time, maybe, and, and start broadening our population and bringing in new ideas, new energy, new new thoughts and, and a new direction to kind of continue to evolve what you all have done a, such an awesome job in creating so far so i want to thank you on behalf of the player base for what you've done over the past several years in creating this i just found it earlier this year and you know i, I love being here it's a lot of fun it's a lot of good people and a, a great way to to get in some games so thank you well, thank you for coming and, and, and playing and being a part. Um, I guess what I just want to finish it is that the, although, you know, me and Carbon kind of created the MRC um, many years ago, really it's the, it's from the inception, it was designed to be a community endeavor. We put the, the framework up and the community has really filled it all in. And the community makes kind of the meat and potatoes with the events that they're running because all the events are pretty much run by community members now. Um, besides maybe like NashCon, I think we, we, we still run that one. No community members running that one yet, but so this is really the, the community's thing. So if, if you come in and, you know, I always say kind of be the change you want to see. So 
come in and share your ideas and maybe you know you can run your own tournament and with with all your your great ideas and we would love to have it this is all community efforts so and i'll say my favorite part about the mrc is that i don't have to spend three and a half hours figuring out what rules what lists and how to play the game and then leave it's nice to just come in i know what i'm getting into you know a little communication with my opponent which is all part of the community and then hey we're playing games and that's it's really refreshing to see a community of just playing Any final thoughts on the MRC from uh, anyone here? I mean, I'm glad you guys are all here. Uh, I enjoy all the Discord chat. I enjoy your guys' continual shit-talking of me and being a Capellan. You know, um, I really enjoy those of the, those who come to our, you know, our Mega Mech tournaments. I know that me and Warning don't really participate too terribly much, but I really appreciate the community being just an absolute powerhouse of games being played because the MRC is about playing games. I mean, if you were to, what is the MRC? It's about playing games. We want people to get games in and we want to get games to get in and efficiently and get more games. We want people to roll dice, explode mechs, have a good time. So it sounds like the MRC is the best place to play games and Everyone out there, that'll be our parting words to you. Get out there and play more games, whether it's with the MRC, with your local you know, friends and family, and an FLGS. Just get out there and play more games and, and enjoy the hobby and spread it. So thank you all very much, and we'll see you on the next episode. Ha!